everyone. Welcome to Loving This Life podcast, hosted by yours truly, Abby Hillis, founder of ACH Events and co-founder of The Twelfth Woman, an advocacy group fighting for sexual assault survivors. This podcast is about loving the life that you live and 100% owning it and being happy with it. Each episode will include a guest or thoughts to help bring your dreams to reality, understand true commitment in life, and help turn some of your darkest days into the brightest years. So grab some coffee, some wine, or whatever tickles your fancy, and join me on this adventure of finding happiness and taking charge. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 15. Can you guys believe it's been over a year since I started this thing? Only 15 episodes, but hey, who's counting? I am super excited today to bring on a very near and dear friend to me, uh, someone who's been in my life for over 10 years, Mm -hmm. at least. Yeah. And someone who has walked the entrepreneurial, (laughs) (laughs) entrepreneur. I like to say small business instead of forcing that word upon myself. Yeah, I can't say that word. So entre, oh, I mean small business, uh, (laughs) walk with me these last couple years. You guys, she's a total boss, babe. She's one heck of a businesswoman, one heck of a mom and a wife and had some different milestones and barriers thrown at her and has handled them through her life with such grace and is able to use those uh, personal stories to help me and guide me through some of my struggles and others. And she's just a rock in a lot of people's lives. So we are... So excited to welcome Nicole Marburger. We call her Nikki, but she's professionally Nicole. And um, she's going to talk today about something that's near and dear to her heart, ovarian cancer. And then we're going to kind of dive into a little bit more on what her passions in life are and um, women supporting women in business and in life and community over competition and all that jazz. So without further ado... Welcome, my friend. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited, and I'm really glad that we are going to be able to go over over in cancer and some symptoms and let people know what to look for in honor of our dear friend, one of my past clients, and somebody that everybody needs to know and love, Brittany Crosby. Yep. She's uh, got one heck of a legacy, for sure. She does. So we first and foremost just want to share um, in honor of Brittany the early stage symptoms of ovarian cancer. This is something that if it's diagnosed earlier, like most diseases, it's so beneficial um, to find it earlier than later. So early stage symptoms of ovarian cancer is frequent urination, feeling full quickly when you're eating, pelvic pain, and abdominal bloating. Some of the advanced stage symptoms are changes in your bowel habits, um, fluid collection, uh, pain with intercourse, and back pain. So it was really important to Brittany to spread awareness about ovarian cancer and the symptoms because there's some pretty astonishing um, statistics that go with this. Yeah, and I think to to dive in, before we dive into the statistics of everything, something that um, I want you guys to know. So this past week, we, Nikki and I, and our friend Liz, and um, another friend of Nikki's and employee Haley, all went to Brittany's celebration of life. And Which I was phenomenal. Yeah, <laughs> the best celebration of life I've ever been to. And I've been to quite a few um, two and a half hours long and the most incredible two and a half hours of my life. But 
I was supposed to have Brittany on. We had talked about her coming on and sharing these statistics and sharing these um, symptoms. And unfortunately, between our schedules and figuring everything out and her um, fluctuation in health, we weren't ever able to make it happen. And so I was talking to Nikki and, you know, we've, we've been wanting to do a podcast, but since Brittany wasn't able to have a voice for it on this platform, um, Nikki really wants to make sure that this platform knows these symptoms and knows about this disease because it's a really, a, a really hidden not really talked about disease when it comes to cancer. Yes. So on that note, just some facts about ovarian cancer. It's the number one cause of gynecologic cancer deaths. And that's astonishing because you hear about other types of cancer quite regularly. And this is something that really needs to come up and have more awareness. It's the number one cause of gynecological cancer deaths. Beyond that, and these statistics are a little bit dated, um, but I do still want to share them. Uh, About 200,000 women in the U.S. are living with this disease. Of those, 22,240 would have been diagnosed in 2018. Um, One in 78 women are at a lifetime risk of getting ovarian cancer. One in 78. I'm sure that all of us know Mm -hmm. at least 78 women. So just consider that for a moment. And if you think that you know somebody that has any of these symptoms, there's no testing at your annual exam for ovarian cancer. They have to ask for this to be looked into. So if you know anybody with any of those symptoms, please tell them. You're not trying to scare them. You just care about them and to ask to look into this. So with that, there's 14,070 fatalities a year from ovarian cancer. And 90% of the women are older than 40, and the median age is 63, but I want to strongly point out that Brittany thought that was hogwash because she and her friends that she made, unfortunately, through ovarian cancer were all very young. Brittany was in her mid-20s when she was diagnosed, and she was 30 years old when she passed away. And so, although the median age is 63, it's important to know if you think that you know a woman that has any of these symptoms, no matter what their age, please have them check with their gynecologist to look into this. Yeah. And I, you know, on that subject, something that Brittany always preached about too, was that you have to be an advocate for your own health and whether that's, you know, really honing in on doctors and and really writing them on if something has been bothering you and, and hasn't gone away to advocate for yourself and not give up. Brittany herself, I believe, went to 10 different doctors, 12 12 different doctors before she finally got diagnosed with this disease. And it wasn't even a gynecologist that diagnosed her. It was a GI doctor. And it was a doctor that wasn't willing to give up on figuring out what was wrong with her. And, you know, it's just, I think in the world of medicine, a lot of times the doctors just struggle at looking at a full picture and they're really good at what they went to school for and what they're practice is is specific for, but they struggle at looking at the big picture. And I think that's where we can be for anything in health, whether that is, you know, ovarian cancer or, you know, in, in my family, we have a hereditary heart disease that my dad's really advocating for all of us to go get checked on to see if we have it so we can get ahead of it. And that's not really something that on your annual that doctors will ask you about and follow up with and just making sure that you're advocating for your own health and making that a priority rather than um, relying on healthcare and the doctors to guide you through your healthcare journey. Yeah. I think for Brittany, that was a key part of her story was that she was so in tune with her body and pushed and pushed and pushed for answers until she got them. And she finally got them and she battled the heck out of ovarian cancer. Yep. Yep. She did. 
So Brittany, this podcast is dedicated to you in honor of you and trying your hardest to defy the odds of science and changing, still changing the lives of others. You guys, her Instagram is at Brittany underscore Crosby. Brittany is spelled B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y. And then Crosby is C-R-O-S-B-Y. So if you haven't had a chance and haven't come across her Instagram, obviously she's not really posting any, anymore. Her husband got on and has made a couple posts since her passing. But if you just need a perspective in life or to be rejuvenated, you can go look at her post and kind of follow her journey. Look at her highlights. She talks a lot more about her walk and her journey, but her Instagram was really her platform. And it's been really awesome to follow along the past couple of years. And um, we would love to make sure that her legacy continues to live on. So Brittany, this one's for you, sister. Yes. And a big thing too, I always told this to people when I told them to follow Brittany and it might be an odd thing to say, but it's not that sad cancer patient story. I loved following Brittany personally yeah. because she was so uplifting. And so every day she brought me motivation. And yep. even though she's not posting daily anymore, she still does because she was such an influencer to people's life. And she had so many posts that I can go back and just scroll and find one and it'll bring me what I need to hear that day. Yep. So don't think that you're going and getting in yourself into a hole of sadness because that is the last thing Brittany would ever want. She does not like sadness. That's that's not who she is. So she is a very uplifting person. And strong in her faith, for sure. So yeah, definitely. And she uh, lived by the phrase, live life on purpose. And that was kind of the tone of the celebration of life. And I think, you know, it's kind of been the tone for the last week, for week and a half, two weeks for me of just trying mm-hmm. to re- remind myself and others to, you know, focus on your purpose and what that is and, you know, make decisions day in and day out based on what your purpose is. And everyone's purpose is different. But something I've even felt like I focused on this past like week and a half is just like, what is my purpose? And, mm-hmm. you know, okay, if I'm going to live my purpose, I need to make sure that I know it. So writing that out is something that I plan on doing before the new year and then really spending 2020 living my purpose. So um, we wanted to share that little tidbit on behalf of Brittany. And now we're going to dive in to Nikki and all of the great things that she is conquering and accomplishing in her life. Uh, but first, I want her to give a little bit backstory so you guys know who she is, where she comes from, what she's done, and where she's going, and that type of thing. So give us a little background. Tell us about your fam. Tell us about how you started the company and anything else you want to share. All right. We'll see how quickly I could wrap this up. So um, (laughs) I am Nikki Marburger. I own Legacy Real Estate Group, which is a residential real estate company here in the central Texas area. So simply put, we help people buy and sell houses. It's pretty straightforward. (laughs) Um, But I grew up in Georgetown, just north of Austin. Um, I went to school at Texas State University in San Marcos. Go Bobcats. I graduated with a business marketing and sales concentration degree from the School of Business. And when I graduated, I was already interning at an insurance company at the time. So I ended up taking a full-time position with them. It quickly um, burned me out, for lack of better words. Uh, I am a very goal-oriented, motivated numbers person. And I set goals for myself. I hit them the first year. And I started to get a little bored with my job. Um, I basically sat at a cubicle 
when I wasn't meeting with people and I clicked buttons and typed things in. And then I sent people a really exciting insurance policy document. So <laughs> it, it was real fun. But, you know, but during, during yeah. that time, we were also yeah. being young 20-year-olds out of college and like living the life yeah. in downtown Austin, going out and having no cares of the world and just being like our own boss babes of like, Hey, I have my own money and I can like do whatever because welcome to the twenties of no college. And I was like, this is great. I can afford to live on South Congress because I'm in a sales (laughs) position selling insurance. (laughs) But you know, it was, it was a very, very pivotal part of my life story because I did do things a little out of the box in that position. And instead of sitting there and calling online leads and cold calling and things that I didn't really like to do, I went out and I met with a bunch of lenders and and they, you have to have insurance to buy a home. Who knew? So um, I would say, hey, why don't you refer everybody to me? And I got to know a company really well and the owners, and they invited me to sponsor a luncheon for all of the lenders. So it was a great opportunity in my career to grow. So I went and I gave this presentation about why I was the greatest insurance person in the world <laughs> and they should send to me because, you know, that's what I did. And afterwards, this guy came up to me and he was like, hey, I'm Johnny and I got a friend I want you to meet and you know this that the other and I was so confused I'm like I just paid for lunch for like 30 people like is this a business deal or what's happening here and he was like oh yeah 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 he's a lender too so it's it's total business I'll set up a happy hour and I was like okay so I go back to my office and all the guys in my office were like no he doesn't have a friend this guy's trying to get with you and I was like oh my gosh wow, who knew? So he sets up the happy hour and everybody was like, there's no other guy that's going to show up. Well, lo and behold, another guy does show up. And the guy that I'd met, Johnny, he lived with his girlfriend of years, was in a very serious relationship. So I got to tell everybody at my office, like, guys, y'all are a little out of the game. You were totally off on what you thought was happening there. Um, But anyway, I met a guy named Noah. And that night he was telling me about a ski trip he was going on. And it's Steamboat um, Music Fest. It happens in January every year. And I was like, oh, I was supposed to go on that trip last year and I had to cancel, but I've been wanting to go. And he said, oh, if you book your flight, I'll pay for everything else. And I was like, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> and so I booked my flight that night. Oh my God. And, I don't think I knew that part of the story. Yeah. And then uh, what's even funnier is after that, I went over to Abby's apartment and met up with the girls. I was like, all right, happy hour's done. Go meet up with the girls. And I was like, I think that I'm going to marry the guy that I met tonight. And they were like, you don't even like dating guys. Like, <laughs> like what are you saying? You're going to marry somebody. And I yep. was like, I know, but we'll see, you know, whatever. Well, Noah and I, we hung out some more before the trip. And then he tells me he's not even going to be there the first two days of the trip because he's going to be on a bachelor party. And that I'm just going to fly there, find a way to get to Steamboat from Denver. (laughs) And then I'm going to stay with his friends by myself for two days. But I was in a bit of a, you know, exciting time of life where I would do things like that. And I was like, no problem, whatever. <laughs> Could so, you imagine doing that right now? No, like, no if my daughter crazy. tried to do that, I would be so <laughs> mad at her. So I, I go and oh, Noah man. gets there. We have a great time. We get back. We're hanging out more. And one day I am again working out with Abby and I told her, Hey, something is not feeling right. I think I could be pregnant. And she's like, no, I think you're stressing yourself out. And, um, 
I texted Noah because I was very mature and I told him I thought I might be pregnant and that we talk about it tomorrow because it was bedtime. <laughs> so I the story saw is such a good one. Noah the next day because we had volley we did volleyball together and after volleyball we went and we picked up some pregnancy tests <laughs> and went home and he was very excited. He's like, let's do it. And I was like, you're out of your mind. No, I will do it when I want to. So he started making dinner and I snuck away and I take one of them and it instantly says pregnant. And I'm like, well, that one is faulty because this is supposed to take two to three minutes. So that one can't work. So I take like four more and they all say pregnant. And I was like, oh my God. And that is really the moment that my life changed. Wait, but so. how old you have to, I think y'all's ages makes the yes. story even better because you were so, young and he's like, how yes. much older is he than you? So I was 22 yes. and Noah was 30. So, um, he's like ready to start a life, settle so down. Yes. So, and you're like, well. I go out, I tell him that I'm pregnant and he is very okay with it and happy and, you know, already caring and, and ready. And I, on the other hand, dropped more curse words than probably held for the world record. So <laughs> I was like, you can tell my dad if you think this is so fun. And he said, no problem. I will. And I was like, this guy is crazy. And, um, my dad of course was out of the country. He travels quite often. So we had to wait to tell people. So first calls my mom. I tell some of my closest friends and then we finally tell my dad after 30 minutes of silence and his head looking like it was actually about to explode off of his body, he, you know, he said, well, this is exciting. Let's go celebrate. And we did. And that's, you know, a great thing about my dad. He, it wasn't what he would have expected for his daughter, but he also lives life, you know, to the fullest and on purpose, like Brittany would say. And he knew there was nothing that was going to change that. And why make something bad for somebody that they're going through? Like, why make a moment in somebody's life worse than it needs to be if there's nothing that can be done to change it, yep. which is something huge. Like, if somebody comes to you and tells you something that they're obviously upset about, that there's nothing that can be changed, why make them feel worse about it? So just a little tidbit, don't. <laughs> just figure out a way to support them. Yeah. So... You know, Noah and I, we we had our son, Wayne, in November of 2014. The next year, he proposed to me completely unexpectedly. I did not realize how much of a role Abby played in my entire life until now. The night before we went to her bachelorette party, he proposed to me. And then I left town for the weekend. And then in 2016, we got married. And in 2017, and we had our daughter. And two weeks before you got married, we closed on our Yes, yes. <laughs> And so, um, you know, with that, Crazy. so Noah and I, we had our son and shortly before having him, I realized I was burnt out of that job that I talked about, um, wanted a change. I decided I was going to do it and that I was going to get into real estate. All the lenders that I worked with told me, Hey, if you work as hard in real estate as you do selling insurance, like I think you're really going to enjoy your life a lot more. <laughs> and so while I was home on maternity leave, I studied and I took my real estate exam, passed it, went back to insurance sales for one week, quit my job and went into real estate full time and started Legacy Real Estate Group. So yep. that's the summary of how I got to starting Legacy. <laughs> And that was previously and started under Keller Williams, but now mm -hmm. she's she's killed it and done so well that she just recently switched over to 
help me. Compass. Compass. Yes. I was going to say compact. Compass. <laughs> and it's a well-earned and prestigious real estate company to work for uh, nationally, but specifically in Austin. And the best of the best and the top-notch realtors in the Austin area or in the nation get to work for them. And one of the things that I I believe has created the success for Nikki is her ability to support not just women, but everyone in her business and do it well and do it with community over competition and in a business that is such, there's a lot of controversy in real estate and a lot of people don't like realtors and um, a lot of realtors are in it for themselves or in it for the bottom line dollar and are much more concerned with closing the deal than the fact that your job is providing a roof over a family's head most of the time. And, and protecting their finances. Yeah, protecting their finances. Yeah, the, there's a lot that goes into the buying and selling of homes. It's not just a you know business uh, decision. And something that Nikki has done extremely well and taught her team to do extremely well is to use doing right and treating others well and understanding and having empathy for what what their job is to deal with buying and selling one of the most biggest financial decisions for most people in their lives and doing it uh, just in a different way and in a way that that makes sense. And I think that she's a true testament of doing the right thing and treating people well can also provide a lot of success. And it doesn't have to be business driven, which I think a lot of times becomes the driving, the numbers become the driving force and the business decisions and the closing become the driving force and people lose sight of what's important and what you're dealing with. And that's something she never loses sight of. And it's really incredible. So diving into that and knowing that, kind of talk about how you've grown your team, what you focused on, what you would encourage other business owners or um, just people who are maybe making a career change and trying to figure out which way they're supposed to go or wanting to maybe fix and change their their focus on the way that they have operated their business or doing their business and why you feel like you found your success and in, in your own words instead of mine. <laughs> well, I think the first thing is if you're not happy, change something. Everybody has the right and the ability to change something in their life if they want to. It's a decision that you get to make. So was it easy for me to leave a well-paying, well-established job with benefits after having a newborn and moving in with somebody who I hardly knew? No, it wasn't. But I didn't like my job anymore. And I was not fulfilled by it and I wasn't happy. So I changed something. And even if you think I need to stay in this job for the money or I need to stay in it for this, you don't. You're making excuses instead of results. And you can only have one or the other. You don't get both. Yeah. You can make excuses or you can make results. So I love that. I think that I chose to make a change at one of the lowest, most difficult points in my life. And it wasn't easy. And I, I felt like I had support from Noah, but again, I didn't really know him. So I had to protect myself. So I made the decision that every financial advisor listening to is going to say, why did she just say that? <laughs> I cashed out my 401k to start Legacy Real Estate Group. So from the beginning, I decided I wanted to 
name it something with purpose. So I actually thought through the name of this company and I feel that real estate is a part of somebody's legacy. So I wanted to start it with purpose and with intent and with a motive. And so I gave it a name and I got it going and I wasn't going to retire off the $14,000 that I got from my 401k people. So it's okay that I cashed it out. (laughs) But you know, the first year, I think in many industries now, the way that people work is evolving and real estate's kind of always been this way where people thought like, oh, that's cute. You'll be a stay-at-home mom and do this as a hobby like a lot of realtors do. But that's not what I did. I chose to make another painful decision to put my son in daycare full-time to pay for it when I had no income coming in. So just to give you a look at what I've been through, my first year I did seven transactions for $1.185 million in real estate sales. But I went into the office every single day and I learned my trade, what I was doing, the market, how successful people were doing it. Thank you to all of my mentors. Y'all have been phenomenal and still are. And then my second year, I went from seven transactions for 1.1 million in real estate to 31 transactions for 8.078 million in real estate. So it was a pretty sizable jump. And Now I consistently do a little over 40 transactions a year, ranging anywhere from, you know, 15 to 20 million in production. So I love, it's an industry that you can keep growing and just like anything, you can only grow by knowing your weaknesses. So another thing that happened to me when I went from those minimal transactions to growing really quickly, I was sacrificing a lot, a lot of my mental health, a lot of my physical health, um, and just my well-being and being present. And by the grace of God, one of my past clients who is a licensed realtor, she reached out to me, asked me to represent her on the purchase of a property. I represented her even though she was licensed. And then I helped her sell her home later. After our transaction was done, she said, Hey, I'm licensed. You know, I I do enjoy real estate. I don't necessarily love the part of real estate that you just did, but I have a lot of strengths in other areas. And I'd love, you know, to see if you have any room on your team. And I was in a point of desperation and I did need somebody. So it sounded great and I kind of jumped for it, but I jumped for it in a very thoughtful way. I couldn't afford to just bring her on. So we structured it, which is very common in real estate in a way that she became a transaction coordinator and she was paid only when I was paid per transaction. So Crystal joined me and transformed Legacy Real Estate Group. She brought so many systems and, you know, tracking our data and processes that allowed us to even serve our clients on a better level than we were doing previously. So let's talk coffee for a second. I don't know about you, but I am the type of person that unadmittedly makes a pot of coffee one day and maybe even uses the leftover coffee the next day and just reheats it. So not good, I know, for like the best tasting coffee, but hey, gotta do what you gotta do, right? But then I found Trade Coffee Company and you guys have got to check them out. Head on over to their website and take their coffee quiz. They're taking a whole new approach to really just brewing coffee at home. So basically you start by taking a quiz and they get an idea of the type of coffee you like and which beans would be best for you. From there, then they give you these awesome suggestions of which coffees would be the best fit for your coffee preferences. If you're interested and want to try it out, feel free to use the code ABBCHILLIS when checking out and I can get you 50% off your first bag. What, what? So go check it out. Trade Coffee Company. 
And I think that's like, that's something that's super important that I learned from you is having, especially if you're in your own business, that there's two things that you've talked about that I, having your person that can help you with those processes and be another set of eyes looking at things and evaluating the business and coming with, up with new ideas and having the time to, to spend on that stuff because you're so focused on the, the bulk of the business is crucial. And like having that person that can support you and see that through and, and do those things that maybe you're not the best at, that's like something that I've learned from your and Crystal's relationship for sure. But I think the other thing that you didn't put a lot of focus on that I think is a huge reason for your success is the people who you aligned yourself with. Mm-hmm. I know from the beginning, you started joining really high-end network groups. You really started taking people to lunch and coffee that you knew had a lot to offer knowledge-wise. Mm-hmm. And I remember you saying all of that way back when and telling me who all you know you were in conversation with. And I think being able to humble yourself and know that you're not the know-it-all and you're not the person that's going to, like, you can do it all on your own, but know that it's going to take aligning yourself with the right, right people and having those conversations where you don't know it all and you have a lot to learn and acknowledging that you have a lot to learn and being a sponge for like, I mean, I don't know that that ever changes always, always. And you might become more of the same level with your mentors, but I think that people who, who lack mentors in their life, makes life a lot harder. Mm-hmm. I think it's so important to have those people who are in your corner who understand either your business or your job position or whatever it is that you can run ideas by them. And really you should have, I think, I believe multiple mentors and different facets of your life because those are the people that can really help you and guide you in business decisions and, and in life. And because mm-hmm. a lot of business decisions also involve life as you know, we've learned. Oh yeah. Um, but I think that that's something that really helped you be successful. You're really good at that. I feel like for me, I felt it's something we talked about earlier this week. I felt like I was on an Island that nobody else that was a core friend of mine was on. Mm -hmm. I was 23 when I had my son in a relationship, dating somebody, not married. And quitting a job and people thought I was just going to be a realtor, but I was going to start a small business. And this has become a full fledged business. Now I'm not just a realtor. There is finances, there's salaries, there's 401ks, there's things that run just like a business run that I have to oversee. And my friends weren't aware and they were still in a phase of being 20 and getting caught up over small things like where we're going to dinner or this or that. And I was at a point of realizing what really happens in life and the stress that people live under. And I had to accept my flaws. I was forced to. Mm. And so I had to realize like the only way I'm going to get through this isn't going to be by complaining to my friends and venting to them. It's going to be by finding somebody to support me through this because everybody, even if it looks like they've had the picture perfect life has been through something and genuinely people want to help each other in the world. They do. We hear a lot of negative things in the world, but when it comes down to it, find the right people, align yourselves with them. And if somebody says, no, I can't, I don't have time to take you to coffee. That's not who you want to align yourself with anyway. You want the person that says, yes, let me give you my knowledge. Let me help you. Let me be there for you. And it's awesome. Those people that I have that I met when I first got in are still my mentors. I still call them regularly. I still ask them for advice and they're still a heck of a lot smarter than me and have way more wisdom than me. 
And now you pass it on. I try to. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, next week I'm doing a round table of all new agents that want to learn how to grow their business. And I hope that I'll bring them something. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm sure you will. Yeah. I mean, you know, taking when you need to, and then giving, giving back when you can and really using your experiences to help others once others have really helped you and, you know, choosing to not focus on the negative or the hardships or the struggles, but just going, okay, what's the processes and what's, what's the plan? What do I need to do to make sure that this, this works? Like what's, what's the formula for success? Because spending the negative energy on things that, you know, you can't really change or you can't really impact, it doesn't really help get you further. It just will hinder you from getting further. Mm -hmm. Um, so now she has a team of three women mm-hmm. plus yourself, so four mm-hmm. total. Uh, she's got Crystal, who she mentioned earlier, and then she's got another boss babe, Jen, who she is awesome. <laughs> came on wholeheartedly willing to learn Nikki's ways. Was uh, definitely saw. I think from the outside, I saw her seeing you as a mentor and believed in what she was doing and how she was building her real estate business. Jen came from a really intense commission-based sales job. It's really well known here in Austin and um, kind of gave a huge salary. I mean, almost everyone I know there makes Mm -hmm. a pretty decent living Yeah, to kind of start over and completely shift careers. And she listened to, to Nikki's leadership and they, you know, worked with each other to kind of figure out what the process and uh, equation was for them to have success. And now Jen, I mean, I'm just looking at all that she's doing and she's just killing it. I mean, she's like, yeah, you guys are just total boss babes running the real estate business in Austin, I feel like. And she's buying her own house and mm-hmm. she's forming her own leadership position within the industry. And I know that and within junior league, people look up to her and it's just really incredible to watch two women come together and, and form, form something by sheer support and, uh, energy. I don't know. It's crazy. Y'all are like two incredible women together. Two blonde babes. Yeah. Jen is awesome. I mean, I did not know that I was hiring at the time I brought her on, but she was paired up with me for an interview to join a team. And I probably had the worst interview of all her interviews because there was no preparation and it was in my office, which at the time was basically a closet. And um, it literally at one point was a closet. So anyway, no window, no anything. It was lovely. But, you know, we, we, we grind and we've been through some random things to get where we are now. And um, she, yeah, I don't know why, but she called me and she's like, I want to go with your team. And I was like, oh my goodness, I don't know what that means or what step one is. So she really trusted me and came along the journey with me. And she sees like legacy what the vision is for legacy, how we're going to grow it, how we do things, how we get referral only business by just simply doing the right thing. And she's knocked it out of the park. Um, if you've ever met Jen, you love Jen. She's Mm -hmm. so kind. She's so giving, she's so positive. And I can't tell y'all enough, just how refreshing it is to be around a positive person every day. Mm -hmm. It makes a world of difference. And it's not that she has a perfect life and everything's great. And so she's always in a good mood. No, Jen is a real person too. And she goes through real life things too, but she's so full of wisdom and she's been through life and she, she just knows there's no sense in the negativity. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a really accurate way. So we've, Nikki and I have done some some work together with helping them with marketing previously. And I've walked into the office that was not the closet anymore. They had a window. <laughs> and, you know, there's the energy that's just in the office. And you can tell that it's a place that people are comfortable to walk into. And um, I think focusing on the things that are really important has, again, supported your success. You know, you you give back, you guide people, you're a mentor, you help people when they're in need. You're, I'm going to get emotional. (laughs) Please don't. (laughs) She dropped, y'all, she drops things at a hat, on drop of a hat, whatever the freaking phrase is, (laughs) to like be there. And being a good person and a good human being, you guys, is so important. I'm so sorry. I'm getting emotional. This is, oh God. It's okay. It's been, it's been a long week. It's been a long week for me. But I think when that's your focus and doing the right things, your focus and caring for people before anything else, like that's where your focus has to be. And that's where you have to really align whatever job you're doing, whatever position that you're in, you have, whether it's a business that you're running, the role that you play in your family, that you, you have to look at each person as a genuine human being and, and make sure that you're treating them right and focusing on the community and not looking at every single person as a threat and as a competitor mm-hmm. and knowing that if you help someone and there's no gain to you immediately, that sometimes it's just the right thing to do. And you have to be okay with knowing that sometimes you put effort in life and there is no ROI. Mm-hmm. There is no return on that that investment of time or money for sometimes. I mean, I know there's deals that you have that mm-hmm. you put your heart and soul into and most realtors would be like, this person's crazy and <laughs> I, I'm out. Like, I'm not, like, I'm pulling my contract or whatever. And you've refused. Like, you're like, no, I've made this commitment. I've signed that paper. I'm representing this person. And, you know, you see it through, even if they're the biggest biggest pain in your ass for lack of better words and you guys I think that her legacy of just carrying herself that way and focusing on those certain things and surrounding herself and bringing people onto her team that live the purpose of legacy is contagious and it's a large reason as to why I operate the business my business the way that I do today and um, sometimes it's not always just about operating a business, but it's about being a good person in the world that needs really good people. It's yeah. I mean, the human level of work is sometimes lost, especially in America where we work so hard and so much. And we feel like we're failing a company if we're not there every day, giving it our all, no matter what's happening at home. So I never intended to have an all women team and like have this high level of women support that I have. But it just naturally happened that way. And I think that what keeps our team so well run, people from the outside think, oh my God, you almost have so much drama with all girls. And it is the opposite. We literally have no drama, but we understand the way that life works. And in my corporate job, you know, if I had to call in because my son was sick, I was nearly berated for having to miss a day or why is he sick again? What's happening or da da da, you know? And granted, I went back and I left fairly soon after having him. This is what I saw what other women experience in my corporate job. And legacy, we just don't operate like that. Um, 
Crystal. She works for us remotely. She has three beautiful daughters that see their mom work so hard every day, all hours, and put it in for the team, and she gets to be there for them. I don't care if she's not responding to an email right this moment because she's at dance with her daughter. That's awesome. She needs to be there for her. Mm-hmm. You know, Jen, she has joined Junior League, an all-women's group, and she's gone in there and made so many friends and is doing amazing things. Um, she's now volunteering for children in need because of that group, and she's a giver. And if she's not in all day Thursday because she's at volunteer, that's fine. Like, we don't question where each other are or why. And Haley, she has two sons, and she's in administrative position as well at this point. And um, we just, we understand real life more than business. And, like, I remember Crystal's daughter's first day of school. I mean, we just have a little more empathy for life. Mm-hmm. And we understand that it needs to be more of a work-life balance. And I think that that has brought us the environment that we have and the culture that we have because people don't ever have that feeling of, am I going to get written up, yelled at, berated, or possibly lose my job because I need to do something for my family today. And I think that's a cultural shift that has to happen at a bigger level. I'm a small, Mm -hmm. small company with four people, but I see the return on it so much. Um, And I just think that's huge and something that people need to be aware of. And if you don't know Rachel DeCirno, you should know her. She is making huge cultural shifts at a large company, and she's very big into women's empowerment. And if you don't know how to tell your boss no or that you're uncomfortable or that you can't do something, reach out to her, and she's going to guide you through that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she came on. um, I'll have to... I'll put the the number to her episode as well. She did an episode and she kind of talked about the change in cultural shift with women in the workplace. But it's definitely we've I mean, we talked about it last week when we were talking mm-hmm. about we were both having our end of year meetings with our teams and talking about numbers and as a business owner, you struggle with whether or not you want your numbers to be something that the entire team knows or you want to keep them to yourself and like what that looks like and it was weird because we hadn't even talked about it but then we hopped on the phone and we were talking about our end of year conversations with our team and we both decided that transparency with numbers was the way to go with an all-female team and we both think it comes from being transparent and and implementing trust and it's just something that women strive better in by by letting them in on a little bit more of vulnerability it actually creates a stronger trust and a stronger respect within each other and so learning how women can be more successful with each other and what that looks like because you know, we aren't men, we don't operate on a less emotional platform like men do. And mm-hmm. they, you know, they, they don't have the anxiety and the the pressure that they have to be a mom. And, you know, they're not the ones bearing children for nine months and they're not the ones, you know, having to feed them from their body and hormones getting out of whack. Yeah. In the hormones of it. <laughs> going up and down in all the middle of that. That's such a good point. And we do. And to not acknowledge that in business is, Ignorant. Yeah. It's like you have to go work at a place and put on a different front of a non-emotional, level-headed, always perfect person so that you're not in fear of getting, you know, written up or losing your job. But that's, then they go home and they have so much more stress in their life. So I, I love the culture that we have. Like I said, I never intended for it to be all women. It's just shaked out that way. And I feel that I have the absolute best women on my team. They're all so hardworking and we all genuinely care about each other at the end of the day. And I don't think that there's anything that's going to help a company run more successful than that right there. Just caring about each other. 
And we care about our clients just as much too. We are empathetic, we are emotional, and we do care. And I think that our clients see that, know that, and feel that when we are representing them. I mean, Brittany's a great example of that. Mm -hmm. I represented Brittany and Reese when they sold their home, and unfortunately, it wasn't selling. And I knew the battle that Brittany was going through and that Reese was going through and what their plans were after and what they were hoping to do. And I put this pressure on myself of I'm holding them up from doing what they want to do because I can't sell their house right now. What is happening? And I had to have a really difficult conversation with them and tell them, hey, guys, I think we need to take this off and give it 90 days, go back on in the spring. And I kind of sat there and I was like, do I just keep pushing and trying to sell it right now because I know I need to? Or do I tell them the truth and what needs to happen and what I think is the best plan to get this done and make them the most money? And it wasn't easy, but it was the right thing to do. I didn't let their days keep piling up and their hopes of selling it keep getting burdened by no showings or this or that. And it was a difficult conversation, but I had it. We went back on in the spring. We sold very quickly and they got to go on and do all the crazy, adventurous, amazing <laughs> things that they got to do. And, you know, Avril Levan. yes, <laughs> but it was just caring about them and being upfront and honest with them. And it was emotional and tough for me because I put the pressure on myself that I was holding them back. But at the end, it all worked out so perfectly. And let me tell you guys, I do work with a variety of clients and Brittany and Reese were going through one of the most trying, difficult battles that I personally can imagine. And when I told them what we needed to do, I worked myself up over it. I was so nervous how they would react. I thought they might fire me, honestly. And they were like, whatever you think is best. We hired you for a reason. We trust you. Thanks for letting us know. When do you want to do it? And I was like, I've lost sleep for two days over this conversation. And they, like another set of people that have actually been through hard things in life, and they realize like, that's not the end of the world because I couldn't sell their house the time of year I thought I could. And they were so gracious and kind to me. And, you know, I think we do that a lot. We work things up in our head to be way worse than they're actually going to be when we just do them. So, yeah, I mean, you're walking me through that walk right now. And I think it's so easy to get in that spiraling thought process of like, what's the worst that can happen? And what if this happens and try to prepare yourself for every single scenario of a conversation that you don't want to have, or that's a hard conversation and, you know, maybe it is hard for you to finally have that conversation, but the reality is, is that if you are who you are and you walk the walk that you talk nine times out of 10, the person on the other end of that conversation is going to see that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's going to work out the way that it should. And it's, it's the right thing. And yeah, I mean, you had those hard conversations with us selling our house or getting our house. Yeah. Um, and in the midst of getting ready to ramp up to leave the country for three weeks in Aruba. I mean, it's not, it's, it's not easy having, I feel like you have to have hard conversations like on a regular basis. I definitely do. <laughs> um, you know, and it's just part of negotiating and people think that real estate's like this fun free free part-time job. There are over 14,000 agents in the central Texas area, but Golly, that's crazy. it's so it is a lot of competition. It is, but I'm proud. We are consistently in the top 5%. And if you look at the data, typically that top 5% of agents is doing the bulk of the business. And I think that it's because the people that, you know, do one deal a year, get their license and do it. They, it, it's much different than people realize the amount of stress in it that you have to have face to face, oftentimes with a friend or family member that you're representing. <laughs> and you also have to have this separation of business and personal, like, 
you know, this is a tough conversation for us right now in the business sense of getting you a home. But hey, at seven o'clock tonight, we're still on for dinner as friends. So <laughs> it's, it's tough. Yep. It's unique. But I think that we found a, a nice way of making it happen. Yeah, total killer. So in a nutshell, to wrap this up, I think the the take home from all of this that I really wanted Nikki to share with everyone is that she's walking the walk of community over competition and she's walking the walk of women supporting women and creating workplaces where women get to be women and they get to be women 100%. And the realities of being a mom and a hormonal person in general is not negated by the fact that we're just running a business. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she's, you look at, at all that she's accomplished and you want to just be like, well, it's just, she's just done so well for herself and she just must've had all her cards line up. And I mean, I've been there, not all your cards did line up and you're, she's just really good at taking the cards that were dealt and saying, well, what's the process? Like you just always look at things so objectively and you can just go, okay, like this is the situation. What's next? And there's a lot to learn from being able to do that and not focusing on, you know, the shitty cards. Mm -hmm. And it's just thinking, okay, well, if I can do this and this and this, well, that will relieve this one problem and really objectifying situations to help focus on the things that actually matter. Um, I think that that's a good point you made too. And that people should know that like never judge somebody by what it looks like on social media or in their business success or this or that, because I, and I've definitely learned this and I try to treat others this way. You don't know what somebody's been through. I graduated college with 16 loans for over $65,000 worth of debt. Don't worry. I just got a bachelor's degree. That's not a master's or anything. (laughs) I just had to pay for my living too and my books and my pens and my pencils because my family could not afford any of that. So I had to figure it out. I was the first in my family to go to college to get a degree in my immediate family. And, you know, from there I went out of college and I made an adult decision that led to a adult repercussion and (laughs) Thank God it worked out and I have an amazing family now out of it. But I don't think it's, it's even thank God. I think you made it work. I mean, there were conversations that we had where it wasn't easy Mm -hmm. and there was, is is this going to happen? Is it going to work? Like, is this the way that it's supposed to be? Or am I fighting something that shouldn't be? I mean, those were conversations. And then you and Noah pretty much looked at each other and said, we're the type of people that we're going to figure out how to make this work. Yeah. Oh, and on that note too, Noah and I both are very open about this. If you need help, get help. If you feel stranded, if you feel, you Mm. know, overwhelmed, no matter what you're feeling, get help. I have been to counseling. Noah and I have gone together. It's not embarrassing at all. And I don't know why there was ever this cultural phenomenon. I didn't even know that was a thing, but like I openly was telling people, Oh yeah, like we're in counseling and we're working at this and da da da. We went through a lot guys. We met, we got pregnant. We had a baby. He had to learn how to live with me. I had to learn how to live with him. It was a lot for any person at one time. And another thing that if I could push anything on here is do not be afraid to get help. Reach Mm. out to me, reach out to Abby. Ask us who who we went to, who we recommend. We will tell you. <laughs> yeah, y'all know. I mean, I sing Angie's praises, and Angie even knows that I talk about you guys on here a lot. And to back that up, Nicole's Nikki. I don't know why I just said Nicole. <laughs> that was weird. Because all your emails say Nicole. Nikki uh, is the reason that I even see Angie. She's, you know, I was looking for someone and trying to figure out who, and she recommended her. And, you know, it's been a total life-changing decision that I made to actually seek help and and know that like it's not Hillis's job to be my my advocate and my 
the therapist. reason for your happiness yeah, or your sadness. Exactly. Or, that's up to you. Yeah, that's a good point. That is something that you do preach a lot about. So you guys, she's an awesome person. I wanted you to hear all of her life story. I think that, you know, it's easy to just see people for who they are on social media, but there's a lot of depth to a lot of people that we we don't get to see and we miss out on from the highlight reel. And, you know, if you're feeling like you're out on an island or you need that mentor, I can promise you that Nikki didn't come on here just to talk about herself and her business and uh, call it a day. You know, she's someone that if you need to talk to or you want to talk to or you just want to pick her brain, go get her coffee, lunch, you know, anything. She's someone that would would be more than willing to do that. So um, and don't worry, I'm not going to put you on some campaign where I start calling you every day asking if you want to buy or sell a house. <laughs> I know that's the wrap us realtors have, but I swear I won't do it. She's just she's just there to, to put good back in the world and really, really just help people and support people that support her as well. And, and you know, just, on that note, cut out the people that don't. Oh, Say yes. goodbye. Bye. It's okay. It's okay yeah. not to have everybody in your life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's very true. We weed out the non-supporters. Weed out the people who bring you just more negativity than happiness and focus on that and, and grow based on that with your life and not, and not trying to please people that you're never going to please mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. So, um, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Thank you for coming on and doing Thank this. Thank you for having me. This you is guys, fun. <laughs> yeah. She came in on, you guys heard the emotion on like a really intense week for me. She's been a staple. Just thanks. Be of course. Sure. Of course. I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> you guys go out, show empathy, support women, community over competition. And, um, Reach out to us. Let us know how we can help and support you guys. And um, looking forward to more fun, awesome podcast episodes in 2020. Yes. I know. It's exciting. You said only 15 at the beginning. You're like, I've only done 15. That's more than one a month. So also (laughs) congratulations. Thank you. That's great for a podcast. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys. Signing off for today. Y'all have a great evening, morning, wherever you're at listening. And we will be back soon. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Loving This Life podcast. It is because of people like you tuning in each episode that Loving This Life has a purpose. If you like what you hear, please be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. This is how we spread the love and reach more amazing people like you. I also want to say a special thank you to Ella Reed. She so graciously shared her empowering and uplifting song, Walk On, for us to use on the podcast. And lastly... Remember to wake up each day being confident with who you are, but also love yourself enough to change for the better. Peace, y'all.